Welcome to Thinks Out Loud, internet marketing expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 343 of The Big Show. And I got to tell you, I think we got a great one for you today. I think we've got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. As I said last week, there's a lot of problems ongoing in the world. And again, I don't, I'm not an expert on that stuff. So I don't want you to think I'm ignoring the war that's going on over in Europe and the situation with the people of Ukraine. I'm not. I just can't contribute meaningfully to that dialogue. So again, as I did last week, I'm going to link in the show notes to places where you can help and hear from people who do know a lot about it. But uh, that's not going to be me in this specific case. What I am going to talk about is what I do know about. And it's kind of a funny thing because this started with uh, somebody dropped a line. I, you know, somebody slipped into my DMs, as they say, <laughs> um, and, you know, was asking questions about this variety of interests that I have. When I talk about uh, things on Twitter, I sometimes post about technology. I sometimes post about the future. I often talk about digital. I often talk about marketing. I often talk about travel. I often talk about the future of work. and people were, the person who was chatting with me was kind of asking, is there some sort of grand unified theory here? And there kind of is, and it gets at the core of what digital is today. You know, when we talk about digital and we talk about what it means for your business, there's a lot that you need to consider. And there's a very simple way to think about this which is, first, that we've lived through enormous technological changes. The second is we're living through a big shift demographically. We're going through what I like to refer to as the changing of the guard. And the combination of these changes in technology and these changes in demographics are leading to changed behaviors among customers. And these changes in behaviors among customers are leading many companies to make changes in their business models or new companies to emerge who have business models that are well-adapted, well-suited to the changes in technology and the changes in demographics and the changes in behavior that we're seeing. And so if you're a company today that already exists, you're not a startup, you're not starting from scratch, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a small or mid-sized business, doesn't matter if you're an enterprise, you are living through this. And it's important to ask, where are we heading and what do we do about it? And increasingly, we need to ask the same things about what we can do for our employees. So the grand unifying theory is that these all tie together, that they are all of a piece. So let's talk about what they mean. You know, the big one by far when we talk about technology is first the internet. I know I said the big one, but it's really two. Uh, but first the internet, and then secondly, the mobile internet specifically. The fact 
that your customers carry the internet in their pocket or increasingly on their wrist with them everywhere they go. Uh, if they're wearing, you know, earbuds, they're wearing it up in their ears every day. That has changed the way customers behave, and I'll explain more about that in a second. The second part of that is we are now seeing that adults around 40, or millennials if you prefer, are the largest share of the workforce, and they are one of the biggest purchasing segments simply because there are so many of them. Boomers are beginning to age out of the market. 10,000 boomers retire every single day. And of course, Generation Z is right behind the millennials, right behind adults around 40. And these two demographic cohorts have grown up with the internet for sure, and many of them have grown up with mobile for sure. So their behaviors have been shaped by this technology as it always was, as it has always existed in their life. I'm Gen X. I don't mean to diminish Gen X. I don't mean to ignore Gen X as far too many people do. <laughs> but, but we're learning many of these behaviors as we go. We're learning many of them as adults. We're learning them from our uh, you know, millennial uh, uh colleagues and co-workers and friends, and we're learning them from our millennial kids and from our Gen Z kids more than they are native to our own behaviors. So our behaviors, you know, Gen X behaviors and boomer behaviors are changing too, just a little more slowly because we're picking up these behaviors from the generational cohorts that followed us. So what are these behaviors? Well, Obviously, search and social, this idea of constant connectivity. I can get the information that I want at any time I want, or I can reach anybody I want anytime I want. That has led to radical transparency. The information about products and services and prices all the time. Some of it uh, because of search, some of it shared by social media influencers, or if you prefer the new term, creators. New media outlets have emerged as individuals learned how quickly and easily they could create content and create brands for themselves as themselves. They're connecting with new audiences and new listeners and new followers and new readers every single day. It's why I like to say that the modern marketing department is a media company because we as marketers, we as business professionals need to be using these same tools and techniques in the same way to build an audience. But we'll come back to that. Now, the next big change in behavior is this concept of e-commerce everywhere or constant commerce, if you prefer. If I can learn whatever matters to me anytime, anywhere, why can't I get what I want, get the products or services that I want anytime, anywhere? That's just an expectation now that the demographic shift and the behavior shift has caused. And what we're starting to see in a big way is this move towards remote work. As an employee, these same folks are asking the same questions. If I can connect with the people and the information, I need anytime, anywhere. 
and I can connect with the products and services I want anytime, anywhere. Why do I have to go to a defined space to deliver on business results in my work life? When somebody else says and where somebody else says, why can't that be anytime, anywhere, too? So those are the big technological changes, the big demographic changes, and the big behavioral changes that shape the current business environment. And that has led many companies to change business models or introduce new ones. You know, first Yahoo, then Google, then Facebook, then TikTok have built significant businesses on information versus physical goods. You'll hear some people refer to this as a bits versus atoms shift, right? They're focusing on bits, on data and information, as opposed to physical goods. Obviously, service industries like travel and finance also got on board fairly early. They didn't rely on atoms. Their businesses didn't rely on atoms, on physical goods. So moving to digital was relatively easy. It's where my career started in digital. I started at Charles Schwab during the dot-com boom, and then I moved into the travel space. I'm not saying those are the only ones. I'm saying those are the ones I'm most familiar with because of where I worked. We also saw companies emerge that focused on differentiated niches that offered information about only travel or only finance or, like LinkedIn, only business connections instead of, you know, a person's entire social network. But the folks who succeeded understood the shift. Obviously, people who focused on atoms are continuing to get there just a bit more slowly overall. Still, they are getting there. Obviously, Amazon and Books was the earliest example, or one of the early examples. But if you think about somebody like John Deere, who's using data about how uh, farmers and other people who use heavy machinery used its plows and its tractors and its combines, well, it enabled new lines of businesses for them, new products and new services. We saw the same thing with Uber and transportation. We saw the same thing with Airbnb and room rental, short-term rentals. We saw the same thing with WeWork and office space. In fact, I've argued, as well as others, that digital eventually makes everything a service. Mark Andreessen had a famous statement that software eats the world. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about how bits overtake atoms sort of as a natural consequence here. It just kind of happens. And the changes in these business models, the changes in these business realities, have caused many companies to rethink how they ought to run. When we're talking about digital transformation, that's what we're talking about. I'm... I'm a program director for the conference board's chief digital officers council. And we've got a working thesis that digital transformation is the process of creating the company you would have built if digital or mobile or the internet had existed when your company started. We like to say that companies like Google or Facebook or TikTok or Uber or Airbnb 
didn't need to undergo digital transformation because digital already existed when they got going. There was no need for them to transform. If you want to put it more simply, digital transformation is business transformation. Now, if we're going to talk about business transformation and digital transformation, it's probably worth asking, well, where are we going? How should we transform? Where are we trying to end up? And I want to start by saying that that working thesis that I mentioned a second ago has a false assumption in it, and a deliberately false assumption in it. Google and Facebook and TikTok and Uber and Airbnb absolutely are undergoing digital transformation of some kind or other. It just depends on where they are in their particular journey. You know, for many of them, mobile and cloud computing and artificial intelligence and conversational computing and virtual reality and augmented reality and extended reality and the metaverse and blockchain and Web3 and whatever comes next will force some to change and will cause some to fail. That's just the reality of it. We know this. You adapt or you die. (laughs) Sometimes slowly, but that's kind of the way it works. Now, the pandemic has only accelerated these changes. It also shifted the conversation a little bit, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but it's shifted the conversation where workers are now asking, well, aren't customers are benefiting from all these changes, why don't we get to benefit as well? Which is driving another round of digital transformation. Changing behaviors is driving new business models. For instance, think about the local businesses and the office space providers and airlines and hotels and conference centers that depend on business travel for their revenue and for their their benefit. All of these expected and depended on the world working a certain way. And because it doesn't, and doesn't seem like it's going to return to it, at least in the same way we knew, that's causing enormous disruption. As I've talked about before, the U.S. is a roughly $20 trillion economy. Even a 5% shift in the U.S. is a trillion bucks. Lots of other countries have economies valued at multiple trillions of dollars. There are lots of trillion-dollar industries. Again, even a 5% shift in any of these is a lot of damned money. (laughs) This is nothing trivial we're talking about here. And we're still figuring out what the new normal looks like. Transformation is not a destination. It's a process. And it's something we're going to be living through for years to come, maybe forever. So the question becomes, what can you do if we take all of this for granted, if we take this as the new reality? And there are a number of frameworks that work. Some of these you've heard about before. You know, one of the big ones is this idea that content is king, customer experience is queen, and data is the crown jewels. I don't want to belabor it, but I do want to explain it a little bit. Let's start with content is king. 
digital, regardless of its form, relies on content. Its form and its format may change, has changed, will change. Text and images and video and audio and virtual reality and augmented reality, those are all different types of content. They all matter to some degree, and some of them will matter more than others in the future. That's the way it works. The distribution channel, how your customers experience that content, will undoubtedly shift. You know, we started with the web, and then we got search, and email, and podcasts, and YouTube videos, and VR experiences, what have you. Yeah, that happens. It's okay. Do you know that I started this podcast because I saw that the share of mobile traffic coming to my site was increasing? And as the amount of traffic that came to my company's website went up, we found that people engaged with blog posts less frequently. They, they didn't engage at the same level. This podcast existed as part of our mobile strategy. How do we connect with people when they're on, their go, on the go? And it's worked. It's worked really well for the business. Um, you know, at some point... Will I retire the podcast or, or maybe give it a lower priority as customer behavior shift? You know, maybe it's VR or the metaverse or something. Maybe. But this occurred because it was a different type of content for a different audience because of a technological change and that drove a behavior change. Now, if content is king, customer experience is queen. Remember those creators and influencers I talked about before? They're building brands based on who they are. More importantly, they're building audiences who listen to what they say. And many members of those audiences are telling their stories to friends and family and fans and followers on social. Sometimes at scale, but most of the time just one-to-one -one or one-to-some very small number. The question you need to ask is, what are they saying about you? How are they participating in the creation and curation of your positive brand story? That only happens if they have a positive story to tell, which is one of the reasons why customers experience is queen. The other reason is that your competition is just one click away. You're being compared with the best experiences customers have everywhere. If you do a good job, they'll be back. They'll tell their friends and their family and their fans and their followers. If they don't have a great experience, if you don't do a good job, they know what's possible because they see it from the companies that they love every single day. And it's easy enough for them to find someone else who can provide the customer experience they want to them. Of course, if there's a king and a queen, there's got to be some jewelry around somewhere. That's why data is the crown jewels. Data is the treasure. I mentioned before that John Deere is using data about how its customers use its products to both inform its product development and also as a product itself. For instance, if you use Deere's products, you can subscribe to data services from Deere about how those products are working and how to use them more effectively and efficiently. 
They've also developed self, a self-driving tractor that is, in theory anyway, more efficient and more effective than human-driven ones. They're using data to improve the overall experience. And of course, you can do a more simple version where you use it to inform your content that you create to answer the questions your customers have. So that's one framework, right? Content is king, customer experience is queen, data is the crown jewels. Another is this idea of core and explore. The companies that are succeeding in their digital transformation aren't the ones that try every new thing. They're not the ones that, you know, go nuts with every possible option. Instead, they use data to anticipate, to analyze, and adapt. They move quickly when they see what's working and kill ideas quickly that don't work. They're spending most of their time on the things that they know work, you know, 70%, 80%, 90%. And they leave some time, 10 or 20 or 30%, to test new ideas. That's the explore part of Corn Explorer. You know, there's this quote, I just talked about it last week, that we always overestimate the change in the next two years and underestimate the change in the next 10. Most things won't change all that much in the next two years. I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that when we're sitting here two years from now, what we'll be doing and how we'll be working and how we'll be interacting will be pretty similar to what it is today in most areas. At the same time, most things will change and a lot in 10 years' time. So spend most of your time in the next two years, and at least the next two months, <laughs> on the things that you know work, and start testing to be ready for those that change further out. Again, I point to this podcast. I've been doing this show for almost eight years. Suddenly now everybody's got a podcast. I've been doing it for eight years. We're on episode 343, for heaven's sakes. We got in early with small-scale tests, saw success, and kept at it. What you don't see is all the other stuff we tried that didn't work <laughs> because we stopped doing them. Right? Core and explore. If the exploration says, nah, then nah, move on. And then the last big shift is you can't take care of customers if you don't take care of your employees. This is something people have known for a long time. This is hardly new information. I don't know if remote work is right for every company or if it's right for every role. What I do know is that employees increasingly expect, rightly, I think, that the digital tools that make their customers' lives better should also make their working lives better. I know that the companies that take this transformation seriously are doing a better job of attracting and retaining talent than those that aren't. There's this guy, Greg Schill, who's a professor at Iowa Law School. Uh, he pointed out on Twitter the other day about the record profits that many firms have reported for the past two years. And he said, I was a remote work skeptic and have remained more skeptical than some. Spontaneous collaboration and all that. But if there's a big cost to business productivity from telework, it's apparently showing up everywhere but in the statistics. I mean, what a telling quote. This is somebody who was not a big fan of remote work and clearly can see that companies are benefiting just fine. Do you think your employees don't see that? Do you think they don't realize what it means? 
I was out for dinner the other night with some friends and one of the people I was with, their company now requires everyone to come into the office a few days a week. And uh, he told me that for the first few weeks, the parking lot at the company was jammed. And every week since they've gone back to the office, the parking lot has gotten less crowded. People are finding, you know what, I'm just going into the office and doing Zoom calls. I can do those from anywhere. Worse, senior leaders aren't showing up every day. They were going to the office and jumping on Zoom calls and figured, why bother with the commute? Now, what message do you think that sends to most employees? What do you think that's going to do to retention rates? I'm not going to make a bold prediction about exactly how much it's going to hurt them, but it's certainly not going to help. So we're still in this shift. It's why Corn Explorer makes sense. Maybe the right thing to do is not to require everyone in the office but instead maybe test a variety of hybrid and remote and in-office configurations to see what drives retention, what drives productivity, and what drives profits before committing to a blanket approach. Again, what we do know is we're clearly living through a change, and there's a way to do it the right way. So what even is digital today? What is digital all about? Well, it's about technological change and demographic change that drive behavioral change and how businesses change in response. We're heading into a period where we're going to see increasing change and we need to be ready. And the ways we can be ready is to remember that content is king, customer experience is queen, and data is the crown jewels. To remember that core and explore is a great way to affect that change and learn how to do better. And that you cannot take care of customers. You cannot take care of the queen of customer experience if you don't take care of employees. And that you can use those same digital transformation frameworks to affect and improve the lives of your employees just the same as you might your customers. And that if you do that well, you're going to do really well as we go forward. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, by going to timpeter.com podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com podcast. Just look for episode 343. Don't forget, you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find there to have things out loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find things out loud on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're there, I would very much appreciate it if you could provide a positive rating or review for the show. If you like the show, if you like what you heard, it would mean so much to me and be so helpful for listeners to tell them all about it. It helps new people find the podcast. It helps them understand what the show is all about. It helps to get the word out about Thinks Out Loud and grow the community here at Thinks at the same time. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Associates. You can find us on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash Associates. You can find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at TCPeter. And of course, you can send me an email to podcast at timpeter.com. 
Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. As I do each episode, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Things Out Loud is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment provides an unbelievably cool suite of search tools to help provide search as a service for large enterprises. Don't lose customers by making the content they need hard to find. Use Solo Segment to provide search results that focus on business results and help customers find the content that matters to them and the content that drives results for your business. Solo Segment does this all while protecting customer privacy and driving business results for you all day, every day. You can learn more about Solo Segment and all the fantastic work that they do by going to solosegment.com. Again, that's solosegment.com. With all that said, I do want to say just one more time how much I do appreciate you tuning in. It means more to me than I can say. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And I look forward to speaking with you here on Things Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and especially in the world we're living in today, take care, everybody.